Welcome to the Target Center, and thank you for attending this historic night in Timberwolves franchise history as we retire the number of the greatest wolf of all time, Kevin Garnett's KG, we're so happy you finally agreed to be here tonight. What do you have to say for yourself? And he's dealing with Glenn, who, who doesn't know shit about basketball. Glenn. Alright everybody, welcome to episode 95 of Wolves Cast, the show that cringes about the nickname Sacktown. <laughs> I, don't, ugh, I don't like it. Gross. I don't like it. I'm here with my book reading buddy, I'm Scott. I'm Robert. Welcome back everybody. Welcome back Robert with an H. It's good to see you again. It's great to be back. It's uh, feeling more and more like home when we come and record here. Yes, that's true. I started that off by saying, alright everybody, welcome to episode 95. That's my verbal tick. At trivia, when I have to do a new question, I go, all right, everybody, now it's time for question three. That's all right, right everybody. It's worse. I'm always saying, all right, everybody, but all right, all right, all right. We are back. We'll count the amount of all right buddies we get. Yeah, that's true. That's how you know I'm just episode. on autopilot. Uh, <laughs> so excited to have you here to talk about kind of a lousy week of Timberwolves basketball, unfortunately. Yeah, it was. We went from having a good week to a bad week, but, you know, Mama said there'd be weeks like this. <laughs> That's exactly right. It's uh, the ups and downs in the NBA season. We all knew that the resurgence after the Jimmy Butley, Butler trade wasn't going to uh, wasn't going to be like that the entire uh, rest of the season. So, uh, yep, just gotta we, stick uh, with it. it uh, after getting to enjoy home cooking for uh, a lot of weeks in a row, mm. you know, we had uh, twelve of the last thirteen spoiled. or something. Yeah, That's exactly. Right. Got spoiled on all that home cooking. So we went out on our second West Coast road trip of the year, which is weird. Because now both of them yeah. are done, you know? Like, yeah, I know we still have, like, Phoenix tomorrow or on Saturday night and stuff. But we've already played the Warriors twice in Oracle. We've played uh, both times at the Moda Center, you know? It's like... I'm happy to get it in the rear view, not only because of the basketball part, but just... Uh, I'm an old man. I like you don't like better. staying up late. I don't like staying up late. So to get all these nine and nine thirty starts out of the out of the way is uh, going to be good for my uh, my sleep patterns. So. Uh, we were just talking beforehand uh, about how if you were a person who was staying up late for that Sacramento game, that fourth quarter would have ticked you off. <laughs> yeah, would have ticked me, you off. Give me nightmares. Yeah. So thankfully, I'm always up that late, anyways. So it's it's no skin off my nose, but. Uh, for all of you uh, early or normal people who go to bed, I won't even say you early to bed people, just people who go to bed at a normal time. I savor the it's East Coast trips because I can. That's get right, to get bed it nice done early. Yeah. yeah. Plus all right. Play in the East. So. Well, uh, I guess that brings us to this week. Well, before we do that, let's take a preview of the show before we do our weekly recap. Let's. Uh, after our weekly recap, we're going to be doing full court press. Got several topics. It's a rare four topic full court press. Ooh. Uh, so, yeah, we'll figure out how that works with the sound drops. Uh, we have a sponsor <laughs> who is paying us to read messages about them. We have your questions, of course. We listen to the people. We got a cho- Our mailbag is chock full tonight. Mm, it's, overflowing. It's bursting from the seams with Snail letters mail. from you. So thank you for sending in your letters and carrier pigeons. Uh, we will be answering them. Of course, we have our weekly Wolfies. And what would an episode of Wolf's Cast be if it didn't end with a game? I don't think I have an answer to that. I don't think we've... Actually, maybe once we'll we did know. it. I think once we did it back in the days that we were Timberwolves, the podcast. Mm. That was season one. That's right? not part of... So the, it's, it's not part of the canon. Yeah, though. yeah, exactly. It, it only officially starts, uh, you know. <laughs> That's exactly right. That would try, take our episode countdown. Anyways, uh, let's go ead and we- recap this week. It was a uh, ON3 week. Ha <laughs> <laughs> uh, ha! Yeah. our record down to 13 and 15 overall. Don't! 
And yeah, it's tough in the West. Uh, we're in like 14th place now or something just because, you know, the only it's bad team packed, in the conference yeah. is the Suns. Everyone else is all packed up. But let's talk about some of these games. First, we had a loss at Portland, 102-113 to kick off this week. Uh, no Rocco that night, and we his absence was sorely felt. Yes, it was. Sore knee, uh, something to monitor, especially because Tibbs is playing him 35 minutes a game since he got here. And so it's like, <laughs> hey, if he's got a sore knee, maybe ease off the minutes a little bit. And well, I think what we saw a little bit, because uh, uh, Rocco played at Golden State, he played at Sacramento, but his second minute or his second quarter minutes went to Josh Okogie instead. Right. So maybe Good silver lining. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a silver lining, and because I, I think Tibbs, uh, it's nice to see a little bit of restraint out of Tibbs. We we almost never see that for him to be like, oh, okay, ever. Rocco, your knees sore. Maybe I'll take three minutes off of what I'm playing you. I'll give those three minutes to Okogie <laughs> yeah, instead. Right. Um, this was another tragic game, another tragic Johnson fail on my part. Uh, once again, I trusted the Saturday night game was recording, and it didn't. Uh, I was out on a holiday Scott, party bus, gosh. and so I had no time to check if it was recording or not, and I just assumed it was. And once again, I've been burned now, twice in two weeks. Um, so Have you learned your lesson? Yes. This Saturday when we're playing the Phoenix Suns, I am going to be watching the DVR to make sure it starts recording. But Good. I'm just Good. so upset. I saw the end of the game because it was a holiday party bus. We're traveling to bars. So I saw the fourth quarter at a bar we were at. That was the worst part. Ah, the losing. Yes. No sound. Um, that's a... I dare say this week we had three of the West Coast has been always been tough for the Wolves. They've always had a hard time, especially these last, you know, however many years uh, playing at Portland. Um, it's a really tough place to play. And when you've got when you've got an assassin like Dame Lillard, I mean, they went up like, what, six with, I think, four minutes left to go. The Wolves did. And then I think it was like a. Lillard and one layup or something like that, and then the floodgates just opened, and once they got that momentum going, not really a whole lot the Wolves could do. Uh, yeah, you got to keep making shots with them, and that's the problem. That is the problem, especially because I mean, some of those shots by Derrick Rose at the end were pretty tough. Yes, I didn't know at the time that he had played so many minutes; it looked like he was tired. You know, yes, and, and so that was disappointing. Yeah, it was, but uh, I mean, the Blazers are a good team. Especially and at home. Good teams are going to do that at home. Yep. Uh, big time players, big time plays, et cetera, et cetera. So I considered it like a learning experience sort of game for especially this new core. Um, and no Rocco really showed itself. A lot of defensive breakdowns, a um, lot of uh, missed assignments, I'd say. So this is what, I what know. it is. There were, I mean, Cat played well down the stretch. Um, Rose made some shots in that fourth quarter to kind of keep us in it before he made a little run. But one of the, oh, it's almost like in football where uh, you you score with like a minute and a half left or something like that. Yeah, and it's like, oh, you, you, you left, left too much too time much, on the clock for yeah, Brady. You left him too much time when yeah. you made your run. Yeah, so it was one of those situations where maybe if they could have made their run just a little bit later on, they could have uh, they could have snuck one out. But uh, that definitely would have. I was thinking like, man, if they can pull this out, this would be like a signature win. And yeah, missed opportunity in that regard because he did have that chance. Yeah, I mean, it's our road record's getting pretty brutal. It, it would have oh. been nice to have that one, especially with the kind of week we've been having. Um, speaking of football, though, this is a bit from your podcast, uh, uh, Kings of the North, which yeah. uh, everyone should listen to, even if you don't like NFL football. I don't like NFL Especially football. Especially if you don't like NFL yeah, football. Yeah, exactly. And I love it. I listen to it every week. Um, and Professor Pigskin's uh, bit is that if you travel to the Western, if you travel two time zones west, <laughs> yeah. it's a schedule loss. That's only on Thursday night games, though. Well, this game was Saturday night. Oh, I guess that doesn't count. But Wow, that's okay. It's, it's something still, to monitor. It's still, it's still, it's still tough. It's still tough. Right. 
Um, my only question for you, because I didn't get to hear the broadcast, did anyone call them the T-Blazers? Was Jim Pete calling them the T-Blazers? Uh, I think they might have dropped that in a couple times. Good. It's a... Uh... I I can't confirm it uh, for sure, but I think that they I think that's a bit that they're sticking with. So I would be confident saying that they uh, they got a couple T Blazers. In. Good. I'm going to keep fighting for that. Yes. All right. Well, let's talk about our next loss. This time at Golden State. This one doesn't hurt as much as the champs. It's yeah. one of those things where like that's one of the reasons like the champs are always like you got that bullseye on your back wherever you go because if you get beat it's like the biggest thing in the world. But if that's you right. if you win then it's nothing. You're supposed to win. You're the champs. You know mm-hmm. it's kind of a thankless job. Um, so they had they were fully healthy. Uh, they had some players missing here and there over the past few weeks, but they had everyone back uh, with Draymond being back. Um, another good game for us. We uh, turned it over too much, a little too many points off turnovers, but I felt like we honed in this game pretty well. You know, they, especially after they started their game on like an zero and thirteen run. Yep, and then we outscored them for the rest of the game. Yeah, so I you can look at it that that's way. One way of looking Without at that it. run, we outscored them after we let them get to a thirteen and zero start. Um, they made nineteen threes. Uh, hard, hard to keep up with that. Um, and it's the first time we saw Kogi get some non garbage minutes. You know, we saw him mm. get some in Sacramento as well. He only got like two or three here, but it, usually the sub pattern is about five minutes left in the first. Derek Rose comes in, and uh, who is it? subs out Teague or usually yeah, it's, it's usually Teague who subs yeah. out. And then um, when later in, in the quarter, when there's like two or three minutes left, Sarge will come in and Covington will sit. And uh, Covington will sit for the remainder of the first. And then he'll start the second quarter with the bench unit and Cove. And right. uh, that, those are the few minutes that are going to Okogi now. Cove gets to sit with the rest of the starters and come in when they do. Um, so, you know, it's, it's good to see Okogi. Good Okogie. to see out there against, you know, like a historically great team. You always like to have your young guys kind of get that experience of playing against the the very best competition mm-hmm. and kind of get that exposure. Yeah. And again, a guy like him, he needs uh, he needs oxygen to, uh, to grow as a player and to see – uh, you don't want you want to you want Tibbs to have somewhat yeah. of an eye to the future for that sort of thing. I know that he's kind of coaching for his job right now. And well, we talked about this a few weeks back. Where, him, in terms of Okogi, I'm okay right now to keep him hungry. Right now, like you're not sending a message to Tolliver about not playing him because he's a vet. He knows his game. But like, I think it's not the worst thing to be like you have to earn your minutes, Rook. And every time Okoki comes in, he plays like he is a man who got out of the desert finding water for the first time. You know, that's right. They keep him hungry, or in that case, that example, thirsty. But uh, no one's as thirsty as Shabazz Muhammad. He is no, thirsty, no, no. my friend. Oh, I missed that sound <laughs> drop. Uh, but no, I, 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 I love Shabazz. I love that he's so hungry for his minutes that when he gets them, he plays out of his mind. You know, so he makes I, an impact. You notice him on the court, I'll and say I think that. he needs more minutes. I'm not trying to defend Tibbs not playing him at all, but. I do. I do think that having him earn the minutes is probably good for his development. I mean, when we talk about someone like Rocco playing as many minutes as he's playing, yeah, with a, yeah, you could really give him a few extra minutes. Yeah, you, know, you could. Him. You could split that a little bit. Uh, not saying that you need to play him, you know, twenty five, thirty minutes a game, but you could give him, get him up to, you know, fifteen to eighteen. I mean, is that so? Yeah, I think that's uh, I especially think, since he makes he's made positive contributions when he's been on the court. So. And I think there's a question to be had about whether playing Rose at the shooting guard exclusively is working out for us. I mean, we're going to talk about three-pointers in a minute, but I think part of the problem of having two point guards out there is that it's really easy to shoot over them, and teams have been lighting us up from three. Yes. So I almost want to see some minutes where Rose is at the point guard of the bench unit and Okogi's at the shooting guard. As much as Rose has, when he's on, he's been... 
He's been great offensively, and he pushes the pace. He oftentimes will give it all back and then some on the defensive end. Yeah. Not for lack of effort, but just no, he tries. he's always giving up so much size. And, yeah, when you pair him up, he has to guard someone like Clay Thompson or Brandon Oof. Ingram or something like that, which he's had to guard both of those guys this year. It's just like, this isn't this isn't even competitive, you know? No. He just not He's not tall enough. No. So that could be a problem. Um, going to our final... Oh, I was going to just say about the Warriors... Uh, I felt like we played a good game against them. We could have beat them if we didn't make mistakes, but we made way too many mistakes, and they capitalized yeah. on them. That's, that's, that's so the other thing. If you're going to beat, if you're gonna beat the champs, you have to not make. You can't give up too many mistakes, and we made too many mistakes. So yeah. there's like so little margin for error with these top teams. Yeah. That uh, yeah, if you give up the especially like. The, I think we've all seen the highlight at the end of that second quarter where the Warriors did that uh, that beautiful like ball didn't hit the floor. Oh yeah, ended up with the Clay Thompson buzzer pass, beater pass, three. Pass, pass. Yeah, just those little micro swings uh, that through the game that go through the game and to go into the half with that kind of uh, I think that put them up six or something. Yeah, not, not anything big, but just having demoralizing. Given, it's exactly that's the word for it and. On the road for a team that's still kind of young and learning how to win games and win against quality opponents, those little micro uh, micro runs can really uh, take the wind out of their sails. So, well, but that brings us to experience. our final game of the week is uh, at Sacramento. Oh, Another loss, one thirty to one forty one. Second time we've lost. This in was Sacramento the worst of the week year. for me. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, Sacramento is the worst of the three teams we played. It's a team that has been playing well this season so far, but if you, look at, if you look at the talent on the roster of the three teams we played, they are definitely the most deficient in NBA talent in terms of just star power. And but they're know. greater than the sum of their parts. Yeah, they're playing so really well right now, and especially when we play their kind of game. You know, their kind of game. They're second in the NBA in pace. Yeah, uh, De'Aaron Fox scores over, over half of his points in transition, mm-hmm. and so it's just like one of those things where are we going to come in and play their pace, and are we going to make them play our pace? Well, we played their pace. And they won because they're good at they're better at being fast than we are, you know. Oh, yeah. So uh, gave up 19 threes for a second game in a row. Uh, that is, deserves the Homer Simpson. Go. And of that course, fourth quarter especially was 45 points in the fourth oh. uh, given up. Uh, that's not how you're supposed to do things. Uh, we had a resurgence of revenge, Bielitsa. Me manja Bijelica. <laughs> I mean, I hope it's not the rest of his career is like revenge games against the Wolves. I don't know. He's playing pretty well. I mean, he definitely had like a season high, I think, in last night's game with, you know, 20-something points. Really? He's no punk. He's no punk. you got to <laughs> no, remember that. Um, I like seeing him succeed. I've always liked him a lot. Um, I agree with Jim Pete that he looks better in the 88, you know. And, I That's mean, right. Be- Belly will tell you. I was raised on the streets, so... He was raised on the streets. <laughs> Tough guy. And, yes, I did add all those Bielitsa sound drops back onto the soundboard just for he tonight. He it. He, he did a, earn it. He you earned know? it after that performance. Uh, we did a little bit of hack a willy Collie Stein, which is pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, it, it was working. Unfortunately, yeah. I, I didn't like Towns being the one to foul him. You know? No, no. You, especially some of the foul trouble that he's had right. this year. It's like, why why not bring out, you know, let Taj take those or let uh, whatever big, let Sharich or whatever big is. Really anyone. Have Wiggins. Wiggins never Wiggins. fouls anyone. No. Wiggins is. I, I don't yeah. think Wiggins has had four fouls in a game this season. No, he he just doesn't he just foul let, people. He just lets guys you know pass by him, right? You know, he, he, he defends without foul. Hey, you know what? I will say Wiggins. It was a great week for him, at least yeah. scoring wise. Scoring Two, wise, three twenty plus point games, uh, attacking. So it's good to see his resurgence. Yep, he's got to keep being aggressive. He has to keep uh, getting to the rim, but uh, it's good to see him. 
knowing that he has to hit 20 at least. It seems like he realizes he's got to get 20 a game now, and yeah. so that's good. Um, yeah, just a tough game. Covington didn't look fully healthy in, at Golden State or at Sacramento. Right. Still looks like he's a step behind, so hopefully that's nothing too worrisome. See if he plays against Phoenix. Thankfully, there's lots of days in between these games. That, we haven't had true. a back-to-back on the road trip, which is that's nice. That's true. Um, and Phoenix is the one reprieve you get in yeah. the West. Well, knock on wood. Yeah, We exactly. lost to Phoenix, I think, twice last year. <laughs> yes. They had the number one pick, so that tells you how bad of a team they are. We, yeah. we were probably like 30% of their team's wins there's or like 40% a, of their team's wins on the season. No gimmies, even, there's no gimmies in the NBA, yeah. especially as the Wolves. Yeah, so the hopefully... Wolves are capable of beating any team, it seems like, or playing with any team, but they're also well, capable of Well, we're a team, and this is just us being a bad team for the past decade plus, is that we're a team that usually plays up and down to our competition. You know, we, yes, we play exactly. bad against bad teams, and we, we play better against good teams, and that's not the mark of a good team. A mark of a good team is like the Spurs, who beat... They, they win every single game they're supposed to, and then they end up with a pretty good record because they beat all the bad the teams worse than them, and they take care of their business at home. So even when the Spurs yeah, are having a bad the last, season, they're like a forty-one they've done that team. The last twenty-five years or so, yeah. and, uh, So I mean, we got to be like that. So hopefully, uh, we will take care of the Suns. I'm going to say we're going to take care of the Suns with no evidence to back me up. Let's talk about something before we get done with this week recap. Let's talk about three pointers, Robert. Oof, do we have to? Uh, no, let's not. Thanks for the podcast, everyone. Have a good night. Peace. We'll see you next week. Uh, thanks for listening to Wolf's Cast. Uh, no, let's uh, break down the disparity. The Blazers so, made yep. 17 of 31. The Wolves are 6 of 16. So the Blazers made 17 threes. The Wolves only tried 16. Of course, we lost that. Next night, we give up 19 of 43, which is actually the best three-point percentage we held teams to. We gave up 19 of them, but the Warriors shot the lowest percentage of the three. We went 7 to 25, so it's just a plus 12 the Warriors had on three-pointers made. Yeah, Not plus 12 in points, plus 12 in three-pointer buckets made. Having 19 of 43, which is what, like 45%? It's still a like really that. good percentage, yes. Yeah. It's, uh, if that's the worst you had, I mean, that's the, the best, best percentage, percentage that you gave you up got a that problem. week. Yeah, not surprising that you dropped all three games. And the Kings kept it rolling, going 19 of 38 against oh. us, while we had 9 of 22. So our best shooting effort, having made 9... But it's still ten less than they made, and you just can't win a. We can't it's win so any. So hard these games. to overcome, especially when, the like last year, the Wolves had a, did a great job at getting to the line to kind of mitigate some of their three point deficiencies. Yeah. This year, haven't really had quite as much success at getting to the line and converting. And they still shoot a decent percentage at the line, but right. uh, haven't really been quite as good. as Jimmy Butler not being on the team is a big part of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's. It's frustrating to see so many teams, and especially when teams get rolling with, like we saw with Sacramento. It just felt like everything quarter. was falling. It just felt everything. like every single shot was falling. It's demoralizing. It's weird how a team can get uh, how momentum kind of spreads with like missed free throws, uh, things yeah. like that. It, yeah. it seems it's like it, it's contagious. Taj missed a lot. It's contagious with the team, and then made shots seem to be contagious too, where guys are shooting with confidence. They're not hesitating. Yeah. They're, Oh, and it just it spreads and spreads, and then you see like a fourth quarter, like we saw against Sacramento, where every time that the Wolves would get it to a respectable uh, deficit, man, it'd be a, a th- like back to back threes. Or at one point, I think it was back to back to back threes. Yeah. for Sacramento. It's just well, brutal. I mean, yeah. Another way to look at this is fight, it's so hard to fight. The Blazers that. made eleven more threes than we did. The Warriors made twelve, 12. more threes than we did, and the Kings made ten more threes than we did. 
I'm, yeah, how are you pretty watching much the game? That's pretty much the yeah. game right there. So exactly, uh, that's something we have to see change. I mean, it was something in years past where we were like, "That's just the wolves; they just don't shoot." But this year, we're shooting more, so we got to be more aggressive and we have to defend it better. Which is maybe what got we're talking the, about with Rose trying to match up against some of these guys. Yeah, I mean, you know? got the personnel to. It's not as if there's guys on the floor you say like, "Oh, that guy can't shoot the three. I mean, even Taj could shoot the three here yeah. and there. And when we've got the personnel to go out and do it, it's just not really. Uh, Still not really a part of the Wolves' vocabulary in comparison to uh, the rest of the NBA who's just jacking them up as much as possible. We should uh, have Jeff Teague try to shoot some threes. He always catches yes. it wide open and hesitates until hesitates, his guy closes out. Dribble, like, dribble. It's yeah. a, that used to be what Bielitsa used to do for us, which is kind of the maddening thing about watching Bielitsa just, <laughs> uh, you know, carve us up. Bijelica. Yeah, like he, uh, is that he just shoots without hesitating? With us, display. that was always the thing. He would catch an open three, wait until the guy closed out, then tried to drive it, usually traveling or fouling on the way in. You know, that's right. And so it's just like, ah, oh, what is so great? What is Dave Yeager to... telling Nemanja Bielica that Tibbs never did? Because mm-hmm. obviously he's feeling free to shoot it this year. Yeah, actually, I was talking to Professor Pigskin about that. He he mentioned that uh, his take, his hot, spicy take, was that Nemanja Belitsa is proof that uh, that Tom Thibodeau is a bad coach. Yeah, well, there's other players who have kind certainly of, didn't know, develop him as fully as uh, Jaeger has. So yeah, exactly, so unleashed him. Uh, it's frustrating to watch Walls players leave the team and be better elsewhere. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, the same thing happened with Rubio and the Jazz. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not like uh, it's like Tibbs maybe not be that great of a coach. Hey, mm-hmm. maybe I'm the first one to ever say that. Am I the first one to say that on the internet? I, I think I might be. I mean, you, if not the first, maybe one of the first three or four. Yeah, so. I, I've definitely carved out that space. Yes, you have. I think you have to have great dislike for losing. <laughs> All right, Tibbs. Let's go ahead and head to full court press. Here's the tip. All right, something really cool, Robert. You and I, we've been Wolves fans for a long time. Long, long time. time. A lot of dark days. Oh, almost exclusively dark And we've days. also been fans of the league. You yes. know, we're big NBA fans. We love the league. It's huge. And so, like, we see all these years of Christmas Day jerseys, and the Wolves mm-hmm. never get one. And you see all these other special jerseys come out for teams, and the Wolves never get one. Well, not only did the Wolves get Christmas jerseys two years ago and last year. We don't get them this year. Whatever. Yeah. I'm over it now. Whatever. Whatever. They're not that good this year anyways. Yeah. But... Or like all star jerseys, we can never get all star jerseys. We never have all stars. Well, this time we got a jersey. That's right. Some new jerseys came out this week. They're called the Earned Edition. They're only for teams that made the playoffs last year. <laughs> and once you know it, the Wolves are once not excluded from that group. That's right. Oh, these are the kind of jerseys that were always out of our reach for so many years. The cool stuff not anymore that winners get that the Wolves don't. We're still in the money, baby. We're still getting the cool uh, special jerseys that still- losers. Like uh, the Suns don't get. Losers like the Canes don't get. That's right. Canes going to beat us this week. But guess what? Yeah, Nuggets, you don't get an earned jersey. You didn't earn it. We did. And it is it's still, kind of, uh, uh, still kind of keep in perspective that the majority of NBA teams are getting them. Hogwash. But still. This is a league where 16 still. of the 30 teams make it to the playoffs? That can't be true. How do we miss it for 14 years then? Uh, I think it's... It's circumstances beyond our control. Yes. Uh, yeah. I'll have to check the facts to make sure that's correct. But in case you haven't seen it, our earned jersey is a white version of the Prince jersey. Uh, white shorts, white jersey, pr- purple fonts, and uh, purple trim. And I think it looks pretty sharp, you know? Yeah, I do too. Um, the Wolves will apparently only wear it once at home, five times on the road. 
which I think just kind of tells you that a lot of teams like city jerseys or a lot of teams special jerseys like this happened last night at Sacramento. Sacramento was wearing like their city jersey or their cool jersey or whatever. No, their right. city jersey is one that says Sacktown, and we were making fun of that nickname. Who calls himself Sacktown? Ugh, is there a worse like, Grow up. city Grow up. nickname? Oh, I'm just saying. It's, it's gross. I don't, I, what a bad... Uh, I guess like Boston's Beantown, but even that's not as bad as Sacktown. Anyways, I digress. Um... They were wearing their like kind of special dark jerseys, so we had to wear our whites on the road. And I think that kind of makes sense. Most of these special jerseys are very colorful, and so it makes sense that we will wear our white special jersey on the road more times than at home, I guess. Right, yeah. How do you feel about the jersey? Uh, I like it. I like the uh, – I think the whole – the Prince Association is a winner. Um, I think it, it works uh, for Minnesota. And I think it's kind of cool that this is predominantly going to be on the road. I think it's kind of like you unleash it upon an unsuspecting, Ooh, I like uh, that. unsuspecting road uh, crowd or something like that. So yeah. uh, I like it. I, I think it's cool that uh, I kind of like the whole thing of making certain uniforms kind of like exclusive to, to different scenarios. Me too. Me stuff. too. I, More of that, please. I yeah, love that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got 82 games in a regular season. Why yeah. not switch it up, you know, a decent amount? You might as well. Yeah. Get I us, think it adds to the whole idea of the NBA Let us do being, a green jersey on St. Patty's Day like the Bulls do sometimes. Yes. This looks super weird when the Bulls do it. And let's go ahead and get a Chinese New Year one in February, you know, like the Rockets do. Yeah, and I like that. I mean, the NFL does it some with, you know, they used to have like the color rush and all that sort yeah. of stuff. But, uh, I like that uh, the NBA is becoming the league where you can express yourself a lot more and you can wear what kind of shoes you want and you sure. can have all these different kind of uniforms. It's getting better. It's, yes, it is. Yeah, and hey, makes the teams it makes the teams money too, so it works for everybody. So The only problem like is it. now I have to decide which player I want to get the white jersey for. I had See? my plans all laid out. You know, mm-hmm. I got the Gibson in purple. We can get Andrew Wiggins in the throwback black. And now I have to figure out who I'm going to get in the white. Gosh, I feel really bad for you, Scott. It's tough. It's an embarrassment of riches. Um, That's right. Neil wrote, which is better, black or white, which makes me think that he wants to know what's better. Yeah, exactly. Um, I love the beginning, the little spoken word intro. He's like, oh, you listen to this? He's like, turn that down. Like Macaulay Culkin in the video. Yeah, yeah. He's like, all right, listen to this. Um, like Slash plays guitar? Yeah, absolutely. Michael awesome. Jackson, man, on top of his game. Is that dangerous? <laughs> Pretty sure it's not dangerous. Mm, I think so. I think so. Anyways, um, I'm going to assume that he meant what's better. The, do you prefer the purple ones or the white ones, the Prince? Uh, probably the purple ones. I prefer the purple ones, because they pop a little bit more and they're a little bit more... Princely. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a that's the correct answer. Thank it's not you. even yes. it's not even subjective. There was a right and wrong answer. It's objective. All right. Well, uh, before we get out of the prince topic, don't make me chase you. Even those have a pride. That is Sarich right there. Sharich right. everywhere. All right. Let's go on to our next topic. He's heating up. Uh, shout out to the producer in the sky. Uh, that's what we refer to as Neil, as he's traveling the country with his band Cuckoo Kangaroo. Bringing joy to people's mm. hearts and not to you because he cares more about his career and making money than he cares about you, our Wolves Cast listeners. Yeah. Never right. get it twisted. We've turned on him at yeah. this point. We're over him. Shout out to Brian for living with Neil on the road. Yeah, exactly. Shout out to Brian who's not listening to this. Um, but, anyways, Neil put this subject on here. It's called Jimmy Butler on JJ Reddick Podcast. Here's the notes Neil gave us So good on the mic telling stories. Funny to see it all happen again. Another fan base falling in love with him. And then I added, and then another young star center disillusioned by him. That's right. You saw what Indeed was saying, how yeah. he doesn't it like his role. like 10 games. He doesn't whatever. like his role anymore. He says, gives more detail into Timberwolves' practice story. 
Lawrence. And then he says, I guess he's referencing Scott Layden as the person who demanded he, that he practice. And here's what I have to say about this, Robert. I could... No, I have to stop myself. I couldn't care That's less. That's correct. My wife yeah. is always correcting me. I'm like, I could care As less. She and she's, yeah, no, she, she's great. She keeps me, you know, keeps me honest. Shouts to Meg. Um, but I saw this. I read the transcript. I didn't listen to the pod. I read the transcript of some of his quotes. And it's just like, you know what? I'm done with the Jimmy Butler BSPR circus. I'm done with him promoting himself. And like, he's always like, I'm so innocent. You know, I'm the guy who the media is taking my words and twisting them. I'm not that kind of guy. When we all know Bernie Lee, his agents like leaking everything. You think Woj was like, he, uh, Jimmy Butler's back. It's a tour de force. What a yeah. triumphant performance. And that it's not coming from the Butler camp. You're trying to tell me Butler that you didn't tell anyone anything and that Woj was just praising you miraculous, miraculously. Like it, it was off the cuff. No, it's your camp that was leaking stuff. And then Jimmy gets to be the one who's like, if you didn't hear it from me, you didn't hear it. And all of a sudden his agent goes and leaks stuff. So I'm done with his BS. Like I'm I want to control the narrative. I'm sick of it. You know, like I get it. He's funny and uh, telling stories, but he's, like he's a charming guy. Guy, but uh, it's just all hot air. Yes, it is. I have really enjoyed uh, Deadspin's coverage of all the Jimmy Butler stuff because they seem to see through it. There, I mean, just a little excerpt of what they had to say. Because Butler had totally coincidentally gone to his first Timberwolves practice at the preseason that very day, and totally coincidentally turned it into a fiasco. They just keep t- and total, they, totally coincidentally, Rachel Nichols Nichols yeah, is in exactly. the air flying. To, it's just BS. Jimmy's so full of it, and I'm just I'm done talking about it. He's on fire. Uh, let's talk video games, Robert. Let's. Uh, we had some exciting news this week. The T Wolves gaming team. Hmm. Sit, sit on that for a minute. Did you know we had a gaming team before this uh, week? I know now. It's. Uh, I'm very excited for the Timberwolves esports franchise. That's, That's right. This is huge. They have a new logo that they debuted this week. And we saw some renderings for how they're going to build a space for them in the Mayo Clinic uh, square. Looks cool. People who walk through the Mayo Clinic square on their way through the Skyway to the Timberwolves games know there's some like glass offices where you can see through them. And it's just like, hey, here's Zach Levine's slam dunk trophy. And here's, you know, Carl Anthony Towns' all, you know, what is that? All-star challenge trophy, you know? Right, yeah. Skills challenge. The skills challenge. That's exactly it. They're going to convert some of that space so it's like, a video game center where you can watch the guys practicing and playing competitively. Yes. The renderings look really cool. The logo looks pretty cool. But it's kind of weird, right? Like an NBA 2K league? Yeah. Like, I get some esports because it's like, I don't watch any esports, I should just say. I, I'm a guy who grew up playing video games religiously. Like, I, I never, until like I was 20, I cared a bit more about video games than anyone I knew. You know, I can I, confirm. That. I went to college. I went to college hoping to join to get into <laughs> video game journalism, and then at some point I kind of realized how toxic the video game fan base is, and like mm. most online gamers are like really toxic male toxicity, right wing. You know, like online video games are like one of the biggest recruiting grounds for the alt right right now and neo Nazis and stuff, and it's just like a really toxic fan base, and I didn't want to live my life catering to them and stuff, so I kind of distanced myself from that career path. But I'm telling you, I was. The, until then, I was like, I lived, breathed, and everything, video games. That was yes. how I defined my life. And so it's interesting to me now that you can make a career out of playing video games, you know, seemingly. A decent career. Yeah, I think that, you know, esports it would be hard just because my experience is I'm very good at video games, but I'm not at the elite level, you know, where I'm, you know, mm. the best at my craft. Pac-Man, you were... Oh. 
I mean, I, I could beat story. anyone at Pac-Man or Ms. Pac-Man. Uh, challenge me. But, um, you know, some of it I also realized if you're going to become the best at a game, you have to stop playing other games. And I love playing different video games. I love the variety of video games. And so, yes. like, to be the best at NBA 2K, you have to basically play that game only, you know, and right. stuff like that. So that's another thing that would dissuade me from esports. I think really the thing that would have caught me is Twitch. I think that if mm. I had grown up today... I would be very enamored by the idea of making my living being a Twitch celebrity and streaming and stuff. Who knows what what your life would look like? Right, right, if, yeah. If Twitch was around when you were growing up, because that was the you were like the the Nintendo guy. Yeah. You were the guy who had all the you you were the first guy that I knew that was really into Dreamcast. Mm, yeah, I basically I have a senior photo C-Man. with my Dreamcast. I, I had a senior class photo taken on my Dreamcast, so I love the Dreamcast. Your still. wedding cake was. Uh, oh yeah, my uh, it was my groom's cake at the groom's at cake, the rehearsal right. dinner. But yes, also a Dreamcast. That was a <laughs> that was a dope cake. The shouts to just to show you the level stage. of commitment. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, though, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is though, even being a big video game fan, I don't watch a lot of esports, and the ones I feel like I would watch are games that are like unique to video gaming you know like i'd right. watch some smash brothers play online because that's a really fun game or like even some like online first person shooters but it seems to me like if you got the choice of watching real basketball and virtual basketball why, like why would you watch the better version the real stuff like yeah also like i, I can't watch i don't watch enough nba games that's like my biggest chagrin every year is it's like i don't feel like i have enough time to watch you know a couple games a night like i used to back when neil and i were living together at jungle jay so we'd watch like three or four games a night it was perfect yeah. and now it's like i if i watch like two or three non-Timberwolves games a week, it might be a good week for me. And so it just, it feels weird that people would be into this. But at the same time, I'm happy the Wolves are doing it. If the other teams are doing it, why not do it? See what happens, I'm sure there's you know? a, a demand there if they're putting time and energy and money into it. So it's a, uh, I don't know, I don't, I, I, I've heard some people talking about how they think that it's, it like waters down the actual NBA product. I don't think that. I think it's if anything, it's oh, yeah, an expand so. things. And even if I, it, I don't really take to it, that's doesn't. And just doesn't because mean I'm, just because I'm the industry isn't ready e-sports. right now doesn't mean yeah. that the wolves shouldn't be in it on the ground floor. So yeah, and it seems like a lot of NBA cool. guys are NBA guys are really into. Uh, are really into gaming and stuff, so there's some crossover there. One of my might, favorite segments might be able to exploit. One of the favorite segments I've ever done on the pod was breaking down. I watched like a two-hour live stream of Cat and Wiggins playing Call of Duty together <laughs> and like psychoanalyzing it. Yeah, and so I think that there might be a, a corner that I can I can cover on the internet. I could be the Timberwolves gaming corner where I describe mm. I follow the gaming team. And I follow all the Twitch streams. I follow every Twitch stream and report on it about Cat and stuff like that. It's going to be a beat. Maybe I I'll be the guy who follows the beat. That we'll is see. made for you. Here's my question for you, Robert, though. What's your yes. favorite uh, basketball video game? That's a good question. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is the one I probably played the most was for Dreamcast, by the way. Ooh. It was uh, NBA 2K1. Classic. Alan Iverson so good. Cover. Yeah. And it had the weird thing where you could make your own team and they gave you a certain amount of points to add to like all your, uh, your custom players. Totally. But they gave you like... 50,000 points to put towards your players, and it took like 500 to max them out. Yeah, so you would just have so a team of all-stars. You'd have a team, and then you could make them, you know, one would be 5-5, five, five, and one would be 7-7, seven, seven, yeah. and they all could, you know, shoot threes and dunk. Oh, yeah, I would create it players was, who had, was I'd like, silly. max out the size of their thighs and then minimize yes. the size of their shins, so they just look like they're giant, like, chickens running around on, like, little stilts. Yeah, and you'd, you'd just beat teams, you know, like 175 to 3 or something like that. And yeah. Well, it, this br- it really wasn't a, 
it wasn't a pure gaming experience, but it was fun nonetheless. And also, obviously, NBA Jam. I liked Tournament Edition, yeah, especially of course because it was that's the correct answer. Was, yeah, Tournament Edition. The, was the a Wii good time. version was so good. I love the updated version oh, for the yes. Wii. I played Neil and I played that so much. You get to like I used to the play Wii that controls were so good. You'd bring the Wii mode up and then slam it down. It just felt so satisfying to do the motions yep. with your hands. Although there was a version that came out for PS3 and it was slightly updated because mm-hmm. uh, like the Wii version, the players were like Kevin Love and was it like Beasley? I think it was like Love yeah, and Beasley. Beasley or something. I like think. Yeah, Flint. And they were bad, but then the the PS3 version came out like six months later, and they had Ricky Rubio on the That's roster, right. and his stats were crazy. They had like a nine for three-pointers, because it was before they figured out Ricky couldn't <laughs> shoot. And so he's just like one of the best players in the game. That's a great version, because you could just tear yes. up stuff with Kevin Love and Ricky. Um, a team you could be proud of. There's a great website called uh, Homage. Uh, they make some great t-shirts, really soft. I have a bunch of their t-shirts, and they make mostly Midwest stuff, but they don't focus on Minnesota a lot. So every time they make a Timberwolf shirt, I buy one. Just to kind of send them a message, please keep making these. Sure. They have a line of NBA Jam t shirts. Speak with your dollar. And they had a throwback one with KG and Marbury, which is never a team up in any NBA Jam game, but it was fun to see the stats. Yeah. uh, I'm sure the KG stats. They just released a new one this week of Cat and Wiggins. I'm going to buy one for sure. And I encourage you all to do it because, like I said, I want them to know that Minnesota will buy products if they continue to make Minnesota products. So it's homage, homage, uh, homage.com. And uh, the, the only thing is that the stats, like Wiggins' defense is ridiculously low. <laughs> He's got like the lowest defense in the game, it looks like. Well, that's not too far from being. Uh, unfortunately. All right, let's keep moving on real quick. Last topic. He's on fire! Why don't you, you introduce one? Yeah, so um, this just happened today. We're recording on a Thursday. ESPN uh, released a big report of all the different health inspection reports for all the major arenas and stadiums around uh, the United States. And in terms of the NBA, Target Center listed as the 10th worst in terms of overall violations. Mm. Some of the different violations that were uh, that were reported, improper food temperature um, for, I, I think, it, I forget the specific spot, but it was like the, uh, like the, the premium kind of place that you can go and get Ooh. like something like TI club or whatever, uh, something like that. I'll oh, have to no. double check, uh, employees not reporting when they were sick. Uh, so, oh my God. yeah, when they, I think you were supposed to report to your supervisor. Like if you, if you were vomiting at any point uh, in 24 hours or something like that. And I think that was protocol was being followed. And now going on 13 years of losing. I'm sick of it after one. Sick of, sick it. of it. Yeah. He should have reported that to his supervisor. Going on 13 years of losing. I'm sick of it after one. Ugh. And it, Literally. And then that has to improve. Uh, yeah, perhaps the, the one that gives me a little bit of the, the willies is uh, insect mice, like rodents, in, uh, not being handled properly in the main kitchen. Mm. That, uh, so, yeah. You get an exterminator. Our next Target Center food review might include how much rat done is inside. It could be it. worse, though. I mean, there were, I mean, there other, were there nine teams worse than us, right? Uh, or the 10th ten. worst? Yeah. No, we're the tenth worst. Oh, yeah. There's nine teams worse than us. Oh, you, you're right. That's yeah. exactly. So don't go to Charlotte. They're the worst. Charlotte right. was the worst. Yeah, yeah, we have a lot to improve on with that. So just keep that in mind, everybody. If you're a germaphobe, maybe don't eat at the Target Center. Be nice to maybe instead of also, renovating Target Center. Maybe this is why get I get so angry. I don't want. I don't want. 
I wish I did this more consciously. I try not to. If I know a restaurant doesn't have sick leave for their employees, I don't eat there anymore. And you'd be surprised how many high-end restaurants in the Twin Cities have these like policies where it's like, we don't give sick leave. And it's like, okay, so you're forcing sick employees to come in and make my food? Like, I'm not going to eat at a place that doesn't have sick leave. And so, like, the fact that they don't let sick employees go home and, you know, if it's going to terminate their job or they feel like they're in an environment where they can't call in sick because they might get fired... I'm going to just stop eating Makes at the Target Center because that's gross. Like That's why you give employees sick time is because otherwise you're having sick people come in and make me food, and I don't want that. Come I'm going on. to be sticking just to bags of peanuts. I, I like know that. that. Self-sealed. Yeah. Sealed. That's right. Exactly. You're good. I like peanuts. Mm-hmm. Especially at, a, a, at an arena because you can just drop all the shells oh, at your feet. Very satisfying. No responsibility. That's the worst part of peanuts is the responsibility it. for the mess, and that's why they're great for sports. All right, everybody, it's time for a sponsor. That's right, we're getting our bills paid by your very own Minnesota Timberwolves this week. That's right, they have a lot of fun upcoming ticket promotions to get you in the door. You know, ticket sales haven't been great this year, so they're pulling out the old things. You remember, like, the girls' night out package where you get a glass of wine, you get to meet the cheerleaders, because apparently that's what girls are into, and you get season one of Girls from HBO on DVD. That's right. That used to be the package. So here's some other packages that pander to people. Why don't you get us started? All right, well, December. December 17th coming up here against Sacramento. Serbia-Croatia Friendship Night. Celebrating the diplomatic relations between two of your favorite Eastern European countries. Grab your friends who will hail from former Yugoslavian nations and see Dario Saric take on Nemanja Bjelica. With your ticket, you'll get a sampler platter of Croatian and Serbian foods. Mm -mm -mm, That sounds delicious. I love those Eastern European cuisines, Robert. Who doesn't? So that's not it. If you can't make it then, make sure you circle this date on your calendar. January 4th, first the Orlando Magic. It's called Disney Magic Night. When the Orlando Magic come to town, they'll be bringing Aaron Gordon, Steve Clifford, and a little pixie dust. This package includes Timberwolves-themed mouse ears and a pregame screening of a goofy movie with James Nunnally. <laughs> Celebrate the joy of Disney with the Timberwolves and your entire family. I hear there might be a Powerline performance at halftime even. That would be unbelievable. Stand out. Classic. All right. Next, January 6th versus versus L.A. The Goat Night. Mm. Do you believe LeBron Ah. James is the greatest of all time? Yes. Well, this ticket package is for you. You'll be granted access to our exclusive pop-up petting zoo where you can take selfies with live goats wearing various LeBron James jerseys. Also included in the package is a rubber goat mask to wear during the game, horns up. Go Wolves! Nice. All right. Well, say you're out of town all January like Neil might be. February 2nd, you better show up to the Target Center. We're playing the Denver Nuggets for Under the Cherry Moon Night. Do you like Purple Rain Night? Well, then you're going to love our Under the Cherry Moon Night. Who can forget Prince's less successful, thematically confusing mess of a movie? Fans are encouraged to dress in all black and white, and face painters will be stationed at all arena doors to paint pencil-thin mustaches upon entrance. Everything will be in black and white, from our scoreboard video to the lighting in the Target Center. How suave. Mm. And last but not least, February 28th versus Indiana, we've got Cat Night. In honor of Indiana's mascot, Boomer the Panther... Bring your feline friends along with you to Target Center. T-shirt tosses will be replaced by catnip pouches. Mm. And complimentary scratching posts will be stationed in every section. Your cat will enjoy the newly renovated Target Center restrooms as they receive the privacy of individual kitty litter stalls. 
Crunch will need to be on his best behavior on this night. Oh, that sounds about perfect if you get my drift, Robert. <laughs> Nicely what done. What great reasons to come down to the Target Center, everybody. How Buy can those you resist? special ticket packages. Go to Timberwolves.com slash tickets. I'm assume as a URL that works. Find <laughs> those ticket packages, and we'll see you there on Cat Night, everybody. Yes. Meow. All right, Robert, it's time for our next segment, Mailbag. It's a mailbag. It's a mailbag. It's a muck, 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 mailbag. It's a mailbag. It's a mailbag. It's a muck, 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 mailbag. Letters on letters like the alphabet, yo. This segment's called Mailbag. So if you got a question about the wolves, let us know. There's a good chance that we'll read it on the show. Yeah, send us your letters. Send us your messages. Send us your carrier pigeons. We want to hear from you. Yeah. Mailbag. All right, we got lots of great mailbag. I love it when people respond, and so many people responded. Neil's better at being like, okay, we got 10 responses. Let's choose the best three ones. And I'm like, we got 10 responses. Let's put all 10 in here. That's exactly so right. So some of these we're going to respond kind of fast. Some of these will respond just pretty fast. But either way, uh, we're going to keep it a little bit quicker just because, you know, we want to get to everyone's questions. Yes. Let's get started. Question one, if the Wolves were the 1992 version of the food pyramid, which players would be considered vegetables and which would be considered milk, yogurt, cheese? That's from Kyle Thiege? Thiege? At Kyle yeah. Thiege. I think this is pretty obvious for me. I mean, you you need a lot of vegetables, right? Yeah. So for my vegetables for the Wolves would be obviously Cat. Yeah. And Rocco. Yeah. Just give us the more servings of the best stuff. Yeah, I think it's obvious the milk and cheese parts where you need to be a little bit more moderation. Yeah, what, it's like roast. We should be, yeah, use, use sparingly, you yeah. know, or like the Wiggins fa- at times. Yeah, and the and the fats that are like break in case of emergency. That's like Tolliver, you know. Yes, like, that's right. You know, if we need it. So yeah. I agree. I think that you know the ninety two food pyramid criticized for saying you need a buttload of grains and not really d- distinguishing between like whole wheats and like enriched grains and stuff like that right. kind of got it in trouble. But I agree that the we got to give uh, our best players in the more serving categories like vegetables. We'll put Cat and Rocco there, and then when it comes to dairy, maybe it's more like Rose and Sharich. You know? Yeah, you I think uh, Tibbs might be getting a little gassy because he's been uh, he's loading up. He's loading up on, on that milk and cheese. That's right. Yeah. All right, That's- next. What would Tibbs, Towns, and Wiggins bring to a $20 Yankee Swap white elephant party? That comes from John Bender, at JB John Bender. All right, I've got mine. Um, Wiggins is going to bring some BioSteel sports drink. He endorses this company, and I feel like they send him all this free stuff. Oh, yeah. And so when it's time to bring something and you can't spend a lot of money on it, he's just going to bring all of his extra freebies he gets from BioSteel. Uh, Tom Thibodeau is going to bring the Noisy Boys Maximum Strength Throat Lozenges and cool. Cough Drops. We have advertised these on the programs before. It's the only way a man like Tibbs can keep from losing his voice all the time. That's right. Noisy Boys Maximum Strength Throat Lozenges and Cough Drops. And then Carl Anthony Towns, he's given everyone a copy of NBA Playgrounds 2. It's a video game, and you think, whoa, Scott, that's way above the $20 value mark. But I'm saying, Cat's on the cover of that video game. He's the sure cover he's boy. Got a bunch he's got the free copies. copies. Yep, he's got those yeah. free copies to get I out. had some similar stuff. Uh, Wiggins, I think he's bringing a dog toy because that seems to oh, be sure. uh, something he's probably got a bunch of. Tibbs, an ice tray. Ah! <laughs> And Cat, since uh, he seems to be a big wrestling fan now, I think he's bringing not the the really like the replica two hundred dollar belt, but maybe like a five hundred dollar kids belt. It was five hundred dollars. Uh, five hundred. <laughs> yes. Jeez, okay, he's bringing like the smaller uh, knockoff one you get at Walmart or whatever to give out the 
you know, the, the kids' version. I dig it. Jeff yeah. Team digs it, too. Yes, he does. All right, next question. Which Motion City soundtrack song best describes the other four teams in the Northwest Division and why? That's from Tiger Teague. Mm, I've got my list. I mean, let's, I've got... Let's have you go first. I've got uh, Jazz, Don't Call It a Comeback. Ooh. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, they're they're kind of behind in the standings and they're making a comeback. Is yes, that why? Okay. exactly right. Nuggets, I pick Shiver just because they're the one that sends a little tingle up my spine. Oh, forward, yeah. They're, they're challenging. They're I, I like very that challenging. Shiver away. Blazers, A-OK. Because wow. that's pretty much all they are to me. They're going to be kind of the middle of the pack. Sure. Um, and Thunder, autographs and apologies because they got a lot of big stars on their team but i think they're gonna have to apologize for uh not being all that great for the next foreseeable future so i love this i love that you're staying was that all off the first album it was all that's all off, off i am the movie yeah. i kept everything that's, to i am the, the only movie one I, have, and so. I kept everything to i am the movie and commit this to memory because mm-hmm. those are the best two albums for jazz i have everything is all right because they have to tell themselves that right now they've they were being predicted to maybe be the third best team in the West, and right now they are out of the playoffs. Um, so they've got some stuff to figure out, but I think that their fans are telling each other, everything's all right, we'll get this figured right. out. The Nuggets, I had Boombox Generation, because that is the song that says, there's no consolation prize, there's no prize for a consolation, <laughs> which is what happened to them the past two years. They missed the playoffs just by a game or two, two years in a row, and sorry, man, there's no consolation prize for not making the playoffs. You get nothing, Nuggets. That's right. Uh, the Blazers, I also thought about AOK just because I think that more in a general sense that like they're always worried like is this team not good enough are we not good enough to make you know the finals do we need to blow this up and it feels like that's been the narrative for like the past seven years with the Blazers it's like this team will win 40 to 50 games a year but then we'll lose in the first or second round in the playoffs and I think that teams that are in that space kind of fret about being in that middle ground where they're like we need to be championships or bust and they don't realize that like being good and to great every year and not making the peak that's fine. It's okay. Everything's a-okay. with that, yeah. But I also had Hold Me Down, the one that's like, you hold me down is like a breakup, which I think fans might be going mm. through with uh, the idea of being Lillard and CJ together. There's been a lot right. of time that you can't win with both of them, and so maybe it's a breakup. And then in the Thunder, I put the future freaks me out. Because, yeah, they have Russell Westbrook locked up long-term, and even Paul George for a few years. But that's not enough to go to the finals. And so how are you getting better? And you're probably just going to get worse. they have a historically high payroll, so they can't really – And Westbrook's going to be paid like $50 million a year at the end of his contract. So the future is freaking out the thunder. Yeah, that's right. All right. This is one I think we can really sink our teeth into. It's something we know Uh, well. From Dylan, all-time favorite bums starting five. Yeah, I had a hard time choosing what's a bum. For example, is Corey Brewer a bum? That I was don't my think hardest he's a bum. You don't think he's a bum? No, I'm taking him off no. my list then because I wasn't sure. These are all real bums, okay? Here's my starting five. Team captain, Michael Beasley, the bum of all time. My favorite <laughs> bum. I love Lovable bum. Michael Beasley, everyone. One of Super my favorite cool wolves of all times. Just a complete bum, though. And mm. there's nothing else about that. Uh, Chris Johnson, he was... Uh, you got MVP chance one night. You got MVP that. chance that. blocking everything. I remember the game with Ricky Rubio's first triple-double against the Spurs. He had like five blocks in the second quarter. Yeah. And some of them were definitely fouls that didn't get called. And Greg Popovich almost got thrown out of the game right there. Yep. Uh, Otheus Jeffers, it seems like a random one. He played sure. a lot of pregame. And that was the year I had season tickets. And some guys in my section were also freaking about Otheus Jeffers. More about how cool his name is, Otheus. He's Jeffers. Good. He's good in the D and, League. Uh, and so, like, we freaked out about him. And then he came onto the team later in the season when we had a bunch of injuries. And those guys and I were still freaking about it. Uh, you know, every time he did great. So, Ophius Jeffers. Roni Turioff is one of my favorite bums. Great bench celebration guy. I also saw him at Darby's one time. And that's my yeah. favorite bar, Darby's Pub and Grill. Come, I do trivia there. And then finally, I'm going to finish this out with... Uh, 
I'm gonna say Shabazz Muhammad. Mm. He just uh, he oh, I loved how thirsty he was. So yeah. thirsty. All right. Well, my, my thing with the bum is that they had to get a decent amount of playing time um, to really reach that bum status. So my starting point guard is going to be Johnny Flynn. Oh, sure. Uh, my starting shooting guard, get buckets, Ricky Davis. Mm, yeah. um, my small forward, Wes Johnson. Great yes. smile. Great smile. Power forward, Adrian Payne. Ooh. And I didn't think there's anyone else for center but uh, Darko. Darko. Yeah. Darko. There we That's go, Darko. exactly right. Yep. Uh, those are good picks right there. All right. Let's go to our next question. Scenario, you're road tripping 35W South all the way to Dallas with Shaw Rich, Wiggins, and Teague. The question is, how's that conversation going? That is from B-L-A-N-G-U-M, Blangum. His name mm. is Sufficient Funds Brian. <laughs> um, I'm going to say that Wiggins isn't talking much because he's just Snapchatting yeah. the entire, t- entire trip. Especially if he's driving, he's Snapchatting. That's right. Shaw Rich is being goofy, just making you know like inappropriate jokes. And me and me and Jeff Teague are talking about wrestling. Oh yeah, you guys have a lot of common in that yeah, regard. Yeah, we so, could yeah. talk about old school. You could chat about the so. whole way down to Texas. That's I'm sure. right. I hope he likes the old school stuff. Oh, I'm sure he does. Yeah. All right. My list is. Uh, I'm saying it's going to go good because here's my rule: no headphones in my car. I feel like mm. Wiggins would put on headphones and be like that teenage kid in the backseat who has headphones on Sounds the whole car ride. The time. Yeah. So my rule is no headphones. We're pass- passing the aux cord. You pick a song. I pick a song. He picks a song. That always gives some good ribbing. Camaraderie. Right? It's like, how did you pick this song? Or oh man, this is a great song I forgot about. Also. When I go on car trips, what I like to do is make a birthday playlist, which is the song that was number one on your Billboard chart the day you were born and every mm-hmm. one of your birthdays ever since. Oh, wow. And so it's a great way to go through somebody's life and be like, "This was, hey, Wiggins, this is the number one song on your 18th birthday, and this is the number one song on your 19th birthday, or whatever. And doing that has made me realize that everybody has a Boys to Men song on their list. Everyone has Mariah so. somebody on their list. Everyone has Nelly somewhere Hopefully on their list. Hopefully I have Boys to Men and Mariah Carey. A lot of times it's on the same track. Yes. And finally, the last one, everyone has Beyonce, either on Destiny's Child or as a solo artist, but everyone has at least one Beyonce song on their list. Yeah, good call. That's what I've learned from doing that. All right. Next mailbag. Uh, as much as T gets flack for his play style, he seems like a great locker room team guy. Always rooting for his teammates and not sugarcoating anything during interviews. If you were president of basketball operations, what would Teague's role look like? This is from Adam Peterson at Lagomite. Good to hear from you, Adam. I love all the questions you ask. Uh, my, honestly, I think Teague fits best with the starters. I think that uh, Rose takes too many shots. I think he's better suited for the bench unit. And I think that if you put Teague on the bench unit with Rose, it wouldn't really work too well. So I would leave him in the starting role. I might just play him a little less, and I would definitely yank him every time he looked at an open three and decided not to take it. Yeah. Or every time like he struggled for 10 seconds to try and pass it into the post to Towns and then decided he can't make the, the pass and then dribble somewhere else. I'd bench him every time. Yeah, I'm, I feel like his role has his role with as this team has gone on has... I'm not. I'm not really sure what his role is supposed to be. Some nights he'll have like 18 assists or something crazy yeah. like that, and some nights it'll just look completely lost, like he's dribbling the air out of the ball. <sighs> so I think ideally, and this isn't going to happen because you're paying him too much money and everything. Ideally, I think he would be like instant offense off of the bench or something mm-hmm. like that, and you'd have more of a facilitator in there. But it's not an ideal world right now. So I guess you just gotta gotta roll. With the him. only person I think the ups is and downs is a better perhaps passer than Teague is maybe Tyus and that would be the only thing but I think yeah. Tyus might get exposed against starting point guards so I don't know mm, we'll see um, let's go ahead and go to our next question Australia versus NBA exhibition match in Australia August next year do you reckon do you reckon I see a wolf down under 
That's my Australian accent. That's right. from Lex Drury at Lex Drury. Um, I'm going to say, nah, I don't think no. so. Here's the reason why. There are a lot of prominent Australians in the league, and none of them play for the Timberwolves. I Not mean, since uh, Nathan Jawai. That's right. Oh, well, what a great callback there, Robert. Oh, yeah. Wow. Those are a couple good games. Um, yeah, forgetting even people like Patty Mills or Matthew Deladova or Thon Maker. I think the best matchup, assuming Aaron Baines is on the team next year, would be the Celtics, who have Aaron Baines, an Aussie. Kyrie Irving, his dad, uh, played for, uh, he was born in Australia, and I think okay. that there was a question of whether he could play for the Australian team a while back. <laughs> so have Kyrie and Aaron Baines versus the Jazz, who have Joe Ingles. And Dante Exum, two of the best Australian mm. players in the league. And if you could do both of those teams, I would say Jazz, Ingles, and Exum versus the Sixers, who have the best Australian player in the league, Ben Simmons. That's right. And uh, maybe coached by Luke Longley. Ooh, he could be in there, another it. Wolves connection. All right. Next mailbag item, top three current Wolves you'd want to drink some hard eggnog with from Nick Stumo uh, Langer yep. at N. Stumo Langer. All right. Hit me with yours. Uh, let me see. I wrote it down here on my notes. Uh, I think top of my list is Luol Deng because I think he'd have some great bull Hell stories. Yeah. Um, Dario Saric. Uh, those uh, those European guys, I think they could really throw down yeah. quite a bit, so it'd be hard to keep up with them. Tyus, because I'd love to talk to him about some of his Apple Valley memories. Ooh. And uh, I'm going to go say it and say Josh Okogie because so he's four. underage. We're doing four each, apparently. I'm doing four. I'm, I'm okay because I have four, too. I have four, too. I'm going to say Okogie because he's underage, and I think it could be... Uh, he's going to get drunk too soon. And oh, he, he'd yeah. Be like, he, could re- he could be someone you could kind of laugh at. Oh, yeah. yeah get so. some good Snapchats going. Um, <laughs> since we're doing four... Get him suspended. First of all, not Rose. Yeah. Never going <laughs> to... Afraid to drink around Rose is all yeah. I'm going to say. I'd be very <sighs> worried about doing that. Um, I'm going to have Taj Gibson. A lot of mine are vets. You guys who have been oh, yeah. around the league. Taj Gibson, Lou Aldane. They've been around the league. They've got stories about locker rooms, about retired players. they got stories, you know? Oh, yeah. And for that reason, I also went with Gorgie Jane. Um, you know, he's not an, as vet as uh, Taj or uh, Dane, but he's been around the league a lot, and he's got that international perspective. I think he's just kind of a, a jack-of-all-trades, a renaissance man. I think he would have some interesting stuff to say. Right. And finally, Tom Thibodeau, because <laughs> I, I didn't know if he counts, but if he's a current Wolf, you know, I kind of consider the Colt yeah, coaching sure. staff to be Wolves. I would want to do Thibodeau, because, man, talk about a guy who's been in a lot of different NBA locker rooms and has been oh. around the block. I bet I bet he's fascinating, he's once, especially great, a few drinks. You get him a few drinks. Great Rondo stories. Yeah, well, once you get him a few drinks, he'll start, he'll let down that guard and let you know all the juicy stuff Hopefully. so yeah i'm gonna go with that um and then final question from a fan of the show that we both know i coach a freshman basketball team big brag are uh, bragging about that everybody look at this guy who has to put in the humble brag hey everyone i'm a coach uh my biggest ball hog said his favorite player is d rose and where's his number it explains a lot who are your top wolves you'd want high schoolers to model their game after? That is Professor Pigskin. He j- it's Jared. He traded. He tweeted at it from the Jared account, but that's locked because he's a teacher. So I'm attributing this to Professor Pigskin, yep. who is one of the members of the Kings of the North podcast. Yes. What would be your answer? Uh, I went in history. Uh, current players: Robert Covington, just because he kind of knows what his role is and he plays hard. Yep. Along those same lines, Corey Brewer. He could get out of control, but he always played with tremendous energy. Yeah. And in high school, that can that alone can and always having a smile on your face yes, is a good lesson for kids. Exactly. I think. And one guy, uh, speaking of kind of knowing your role and doing what you're good at and not 
trying to do anything you're not. I'm going to say big uh, big Nikola Pekovic. Mm, interesting. Because uh, he always ran the floor for a big yeah, guy. that's true. Always ducked in. He had bad uh, legs and he ran. Yes, exactly. And so uh, he's someone, if you have a size advantage, strength advantage, and you're a player, you can show just how dominant you can be just on those things alone without having like any and, discernible jump shot. And Peck would tell you to never skip weight room ability. day. He would yes. never, he'd never, he'd say never Leg skip day. the weight room day. Either one, legs or arms. He never yeah, skips weights. Exactly. Um, I said historically, I would pick KG or Ricky, both people who really know have a high basketball IQ and play the game the right way. Currently, I agree Covington would be one. Uh, Taj, I think, is a guy who mm-hmm. just is so professional, and he always just th- does the little stuff. You know, like he's not uh, he's not elite at anything, but he does all he covers all the little stuff. Right. And then also Tyus, a guy who uh, is always looking to make his teammates better, which is I think you what you need at that young age is to teach them that basketball is a team sport, and if you can set up your team. Teammates, that's better than scoring for yourself, and that's something that Tyus has always embodied. Absolutely. All right. Well, we're over the hour mark, which means Neil oh. is angry. Pissed. Oh, if you see thunder in the clouds, that's our producer in the clouds being angry. Let's go ahead and get to Weekly Wolfies. Now presenting your Weekly Wolfies. All right, I'm going to just jump right in because I'm ready to go with this. My Do weekly it. Wolfie goes to the women's Gophers team. And you know what? I graduated from Northwestern University. I got no love for the Minnesota Gophers. But Lindsey Whalen has come into the season and started on a 10-0 undefeated record for your Minnesota Golden Gophers. If this keeps up, I'm going to become the biggest uh, Gophers women's basketball fan I can be. Yeah, she's a... Uh... Gosh, she's great. She's I, I love her. They're ranked, and I'm just I'm getting so excited to cheer for this Gophers team this season. Absolutely. So if uh, you know if you're on the fence about it, guess what? They're undefeated. Time to time to check in, everybody. Shouts to Lindsay. All right, my weekly Wolfie is going to Timberwolf James Nunnally. His number 21 was retired at Western Ranch High in Stockton, California. Cat uh, D Rose, Jeff Teague, Taj. Anthony Tolliver, Lowell. I think Gorgie might have been there. Uh, Gorgie might have been there uh, to celebrate with him. And it just makes me think about how even like the even like end of the bench guys on the NBA were like the best the ever best, to come through a school. The best ever to come through a school. And they're usually like the best on their college team. Yeah. And then they get to the NBA and sometimes they just kind of get lost in the shuffle. But it's always crazy to think about just uh, just how good these guys really it are. It is crazy. I saw not only was talking about the holidays, how like this is the first time. In like years and years and years, he's been able to spend the holidays with his family because he's been playing overseas right. so much, and and that's just it. Just blows in my mind that like the greatest player in your high school's history could be you know like only good enough to go overseas, but like yeah, that's that's very accurate. Yeah, shouts to James Nunnally. Yeah, and shouts to the teammates who went with him. That's good chemistry building. Yeah, there you go. All right, well it's Love time it. for our game, uh, Robert, and we're gonna fly mm-hmm. through it. Um, it's not. It's not too complicated. It's just uh, some tr- normal trivia about the Timberwolves record franchise history books. Okay. Uh, first of all, this week you're playing at home for a fan, of course, just like last week. This time you're playing for Nick Stumolanger. All right. He wrote a question to us uh, about uh, the who you drink eggnog with. That's right. I took all the people who wrote us questions, and I had Robert pick a number randomly that I had signed to each of them. Oh, that's that's what that was about. That's what this is about. I thought you were just trying to you know have some fun and play a little quick game of... Uh, uh, pick the number, yes, of yes, course. As, I love that As game. much as we like to do that in our free time, that was actually... So, Nick, if Robert gets... Let's see how many questions I have real quick. I have six questions, I think. One, two, three. I have six pressure. questions. If you get four out of six... Ooh. I'm going to send Nick a either a Tom Thibodeau pin 
a uh, KG for MVP pin. We have enamel pins that we make. You can go to wolvescast.com slash shop to see those, as well as our Great. winter knit caps, our lawn sleeve uh, throwback shirts. We have a Maya Clinic instead of Mayo Clinic, Maya yeah. Clinic WNBA <laughs> shirt. So you can get that at all at wolvescast.com slash shop. Um, and I'll let Dick pick what pin he wants, or I will record a voicemail on his home answering machine, or I'm, I'll draw him a photo. I can just not draw him a photo. I'll draw him a picture. Right. He can pick. I'll, let, be I'll so, let Nick pick. It'll be so realistic it'll look like a photo. Though. Right. But first, you have to get four of these six. Okay. I'll try not to let you down, Nick. All right. First question, Robert. Yes. Which current Wolves player is fifth in all-time games played for the franchise? Which current Wolves player fifth? is right now number five on the all-time games played for the Timberwolves list? Uh, Andrew Wiggins? Mm. Correct answer is Gorgie Jane with 404 games. Jeez. Right now, Andrew Wiggins is at the. Let's see. Andrew Wiggins is at the number nine spot. Uh. He is two games away from passing Ricky Rubio for eighth. He's 13 games away from passing Kevin Love for seven. And by the end of the season, he'll pass Anthony Peeler for number six. But he's not going to be able to catch number five, Gorgie Jane. Now we got to get four out of five. That's right. Jeez. All right, let's try this again. What current player is the leader in franchise field goal percentage? Current player is leader all time in franchise field goal percentage. Current player. Just uh, here's what I'm going to recommend. Think of the player on the team you think has the best field goal percentage. Um, think about it twice. I guess I would. Jeez. He had the best field goal percentage last year on the team. Uh, was it Carl Anthony Towns? Taj Gibson. Taj. Taj Gibson. Uh, Taj Gibson has a fifty-six point five six four, so fifty-six percent. Number two on that list is Craig Smith with fifty-five. The Rhino. And then Cat is number three with fifty-three. It's it's basically fifty-four if you round up. Cat is second in two-point field goal percentage and third in three-point field goal percentage. Maybe effective field goal percentage. I might get to that later. We'll see. All right, you gotta get these last four now. All right, let's do it. Who is the only player in Wolves history to have a higher true shooting percentage than Carl Anthony Towns, 62%? Carl Anthony Towns is second all-time with 62%. A former Wolves player is higher than him. Former Wolves player higher than 62%. Uh, I'll give you a hint because you've been struggling. (laughs) Thanks. He is currently on the job market. Oh, is he? Yes. Um... Just recently entered the job market. I'm just re- Jamal Crawford. God, mm. who is it? His name is Mr. Fred Hoiberg. Oh, Fred I Hoiberg. He's a current player. God, uh, I could have specified. If you get these last three, I'll still give the prize. Okay. Okay. Hoiberg also is number one in franchise history in three-point field goal percentage with a 46% three-point field goal percentage. Mm. He's also first yeah. in offensive rating for this team. I'm letting you down, Nick. But that's all right. Let's, let's bring it back. These pins are very cheap. You can buy them for very low cost. If you na- nail these next three, though, I okay. will give the pin. Okay. Which current player has played the most minutes for the franchise? Of all the players who are currently on the team, which player has played the most minutes for the franchise? Uh, Not most games. We already know Gorgie's most the one. minutes. Most games. Uh, Andrew Wiggins. That's correct. Finally. Wiggins, Wiggins right now is fifth all time in Timberwolves franchise history in minutes played. He is 147 minutes away from passing Sam Mitchell for number two. Okay. So that means within the next month or two, he'll pass Sam Smitch. Mitchell for number two. 
both Cat and Wiggins will finish the season as number two and number three on the list of minutes played if they just continue playing their average for the rest of the season. Right. They'll both end the season behind KG as number two and number three in minutes played in franchise history. All right. Look forward to that. All right. Two more questions. Which two players in franchise history have more blocks than Carl Anthony Towns' 404 blocks? Um... Kevin Garnett. That's correct. One more who has more blocks yes. than Cat. Um, I'll give you a hint. Yes. He's already been an answer on this list. He's already been an answer. Uh, Gorgie Jang. That's right. Gorgie Jang. Cat has. Yeah, Gorgie's all over the. Cat has 400. Board. Yeah, he is. Cat has 404 blocks. Gorgie has 425. Kevin Garnett has 1,590. Do you think that Gorgie's now like a big part of Timberwolves history? That's right. He's played the, he's played the fifth most games right now in franchise history. The cornerstone. That's right. Gorgie Jane. I'm happy about it. Absolutely. All right. This last one's less about the here record books. And the answer might surprise you. I'm just trying to help you out here. Okay. Who has, on. who has more Twitter followers? Oh. Andrew Wiggins or Carl Anthony Towns? The answer will surprise <laughs> Uh... Andrew Wiggins. Yes, correct. <laughs> yeah, you think his Towns is more popular just because of all the endorsements? A little and more stuff. personality. Wiggins has five hundred and nineteen thousand followers, second best on the lead, in, on the team. Carl Anthony Towns has four hundred thirty-four thousand. Third I'm best. I'm gonna assume that D Rose is number one. Bonus point. Derrick Rose has two point five million followers. Oh, not even close. Nobody else on the team is even halfway to a million. Yeah. I mean, Wiggins is barely 5'19". So, yeah, he's got he's big. Do you know which player uses Twitter the most? I judge this by how many likes they have. Because if you're liking stuff, that means you're an active Twitter user. Um, got a Gorgie? I don't know. It's Tyus Jones. Tyus. Yeah, okay. he's just a Fall. millennial. Millennial kid. Him and Okogie have a lot of likes. Well, you the know? only time I ever they see him like stuff is he, he, he's like a company man and does like hashtag all eyes on Oh, that's right. That that's right. All right, so technically yes. you made enough. Nick, you tweet me and let me know which, which prize you want. If you don't tweet me, I'm going to assume you didn't listen, and then I'm not giving you a prize. Mm. Like that Sixers fan from last week that we gave the prize to, that guy didn't even listen to the podcast. So I'm not giving him a prize. you got to tweet Soon at me, tweet lose. at WolvesCast. Let me know you heard the show, and we will send you a prize, Nick. Yes. All right, well, that brings us to the end of the show. We're just a little bit over time, but you know what? More time with us is just like you're supposed to spend time with your family for the holidays, and that's what we are. We We're your podcast a part of your family. family. So uh, thank you for listening to us. Uh, shouts to Canis Hoopus. They let us do this every single week on their website. We appreciate that. Terrific writers, terrific fans. Man, the best comment section. Just plain terrific. Listen. Reddit is terrible for the Timberwolves. They're just <laughs> the worst people are on Reddit. And you go in the Canis Hoopas section, it's the best. Just the best commentary of any kind of like NBA fan base I've seen. So th- thank you, Canis, for having us. Um, check out Cuckoo Kangaroo, four words. They're on tour right now. If you're on the West Coast, see if they're coming to your city. They have an album about Panera that just came out uh, a couple weeks ago. It's really good. It's really good, actually. Yeah. Um, so check them out. That's Neil's band, if you miss hearing Neil. Robert, do you have anything that you want to promote? Uh, you can listen to Kings of the North. Um, other than that, I think I'm not going to be here next week. We're going to have week, a guest host. We're going to have a guest week, host. We? we have guest host Neil Olstad in the studio for once next week. But don't worry, Robert will be back for a couple yeah, weeks in January for sure. So um, either way, have a have a great and safe uh, holiday season, and uh, yeah, I'll uh, look forward to coming on back. 
All right. Well, we can't see. wait to have you back, Robert. And we'll come back next week. Uh, I'll have Neil on here for once, and I'm sure he has a lot of explaining to do. Mm. All right, everybody. No matter what the ups and downs are, keep the faith, keep cheering, because nothing's better than NBA basketball. What do you think about that play when you blocked that shot? That was a big play. Yeah. Starting overtime, yeah. huh? Yeah. You start everything, huh? Yeah, I, I try to, 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 to save your ass. All right. <laughs>